Hey, we have some 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 great friends with us. Um, Brian, pastors Brian and Carrie Jennings from Breakthrough Church. Breakthrough Church. Why don't you guys just come on up? And they uh, they were our our guest uh, ministry at our retreat, and we're bringing them into our house this morning. We've been to that. I, I was told I met I met Brian and Carrie at at a at a bear paw event a couple years ago, and I kept hearing that we have like this sister church in Yakima that is so much like the same atmosphere and attitude and that we have here. And so uh, we, we, we kept hearing that. And, and I think this year in February, we went and ministered at their church. I was like, wow, this is like, this is so cool. Would you just put your hand? Uh, do you want to say anything? Do you want to gush over them? Oh, I mean, yes, actually, I would like to gush just for a second. Um, I, I'm going to encourage you this morning to keep your heart open to what the Lord will speak to you and to your spouse, to your kids. I mean, let's keep our hearts open in faith, believing that God will speak this morning because they bring a fire word Amen. that will that'll resonate within you. And if you allow it to come in and settle in your heart, you know what? It's going to bear fruit and Amen. fruit that will last. Okay. Do you want to change? You want some change? Amen. Keep your ears Come open. On, let's do it. Listen and receive. Okay. Put your hands do together. It. Let's welcome them. Thank you. Amen. We love House of the Lord. We love your ministry. We love your pastors. We love your staff. Like, I I don't know. I feel like you do know this, but I need to tell you again. Maybe you just live around the corner and you're like, well, I just have a really, happen to have a really great church. But those of you who are driving and up and moved your families, you understand that this is not normal. This is very unusual. And what God is doing across our land is there are pockets of pastors and teams who've humbled themselves before the Lord. They've been seeking the Lord and God is honoring, I believe, those prayers. And there's a well here that is so deep that, you know, we don't have to wait for the angel of the Lord to stir the waters. The waters have been stirred by Jesus. And as people walk in and come from all over, they are experiencing this touch that they get nowhere else. I, I was thinking about Noah when he built, you know, um, um, you went to the, the Holy Lands and there were altars built everywhere and those altars represented where God had moved. And I was thinking about Noah. He built that, that altar to the Lord and it says that he smelled the fragrance. And even during worship, it's like God was dwelling in this place. He, could, he was pleased with the fragrance that is coming up from house of the Lord. And so we're honored, super honored to be here and be blessed and just just, you know, it's pastor's appreciation. And beyond that, don't just appreciate them in October. You guys have jewels, treasures, and just be so grateful for what God has given you here. We love you all. We're grateful to be here. Amen. Amen, babe. Um, amen. Hey, it is so good to be here. And again, I just want to say to Pastors Jeff and Robbie, we are honored to be here this weekend, honored to be able to serve here and uh, just be able to do church with you guys and worship Jesus with you guys. It's an amazing time and an amazing thing to come together and worship Jesus. What a powerful thing. And this is the second time we've been to your church. I think the first time it was it was about two years ago. It was during Freedom Fest. That Sunday, we all come, a bunch of us from Breakthrough, we came to church here, and uh, Pastor Jeff had preached a, a very powerful word that Sunday, and it was so good. But it's so good to be here connecting with you guys and worshiping Jesus. As I was standing over there, I just felt like, man, this, is, this feels like home. 
this feels like breakthrough church today, and I'm missing church, and I'm missing our church, but you know, there's nothing like coming together and with the body of Christ and, body of Christ and lifting Jesus up, worshiping Him, and uh, what a powerful thing, amen? So hey, thank you for having us, and uh, really nice to meet you guys. We're going to have a good time today. I believe that the Holy Spirit's going to do something powerful. He's going to do something, uh, just, he's just going to continue to do what he's been doing. And uh, our church is your church, our church, Breakthrough in Yakima. We are, we are in the middle of revival. We are, uh, we're just experiencing God do incredible things where God is just bringing people. He's bringing people together. He's connecting streams and uh, he's bringing people together in a powerful way. And what an honor and what a privilege to be able to serve Jesus in this last day and to, and to be able to do anything for the King, right? That he saved you, that he saved you for the, for this time, for this, for this season that, uh, that, that we're in and what an honor and what a privilege to be able to, to serve Jesus. Amen. So would you pray with me today as we get ready to go into this word? God, thank you for today. Thank you for this time today. Father, we honor you. We thank you for your presence. We thank you, Holy Spirit. Have your way in this place. God, we thank you for your plan, your purpose. God, everything that you're going to do, everything that, everything that needs to be said. God, I thank you for your presence. God, I want to move out of the way and I want you, Jesus, to be seen in this place. I want you to be felt in this place. God, I pray that we would experience you. I pray that we would hear from you, that there would be nothing in, 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 in our world, in our lives. God, that would try to cause us to not hear from you. God, we're receptive. We are, we're hungry. God, we're leaning in what it is what, that you want to say to us. Holy Spirit, thank you for miracle signs and wonders. Thank you for a prophetic anointing and an unction of the Holy Spirit, God, to do what you want done. God, I just thank you that you're opening ears. You are, you're healing bodies, Jesus. You're doing incredible things in hearts and lives here today. God, you're healing marriages. You're healing lives. You're healing relationships. God, I just thank you for what you're doing in Old Town. I thank you for what you're doing in Newport and this area, God. And I pray that you would continue to use House of the Lord in a powerful way, God, to bring, uh, to bring unity, to build unity. And Jesus, that you would be glorified through this church like never before in the mighty name of Jesus. Jesus. Everybody say amen. 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 Well, hey, it's so good to be with you guys. I want to talk to you guys today for just a little bit on uh, that God is the God of our valleys. He's not just the God of our hilltops, but he is the God of our valleys. I don't know if, uh, if you personally are going through anything in your life right now, because you know the reality of it is, is you're either going through something, you just came out of something, or you're getting ready to go into something. <laughs> But uh, that's the reality of it, because that is life. But I want you to know that whatever you're going through, that God is with you. He's with you. He's for us. He's not against us. He is with us. And he is the God of the valley. He's not just the God of the hilltop, but he is the God of the valley. Amen? The Bible says in Psalms 23, 1 through 4, powerful, the Lord is my shepherd. Is anybody thankful for that? The Lord is my shepherd. He is my shepherd. He's, he, he's my shepherd. It's personal. He's my shepherd. I have everything I need. He makes me to lie, lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Is anybody thankful that God restores our soul? He restores our soul. He restores our marriages. He restores our business. He restores our church. He restores our community. God is a restoring God. That's what he does. He restores my soul. He leads me in, in, in the right paths for his name's sake. Even when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear. I will fear no evil for you are with me. Would you say that with me? God, you're with me. Say, God, thank you for being with me. Thank you for not giving up on me. That you're with me. You're with me this morning. You are with me this morning. Amen. 
First Kings chapter 20, verse 28, New King James says this, then, then a man of God came and spoke to the king of Israel and said, thus says the Lord, because the Syrians have said, the Lord is the God of the hills, he is not the God of the valleys, therefore I will deliver all, the, all this great multitude into your hand, and, I, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God. Very interesting. He is, he's with us in the valleys, he is the God that leads us through the valleys, and the Syrians had been saying, listen, um, God, your God that you serve is just the God of the hilltops. He's not the God of the valleys. And God got kind of ticked off at that. And God's like, yeah, I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you exactly who I am. I'm going to show you exactly who I am and exactly what I can do. Because you say, Syrians, that I'm just the God of the hills and that I'm not the God of the valleys. I'm going to deliver this great multitude right before your very eyes. Because I'm the God of the hilltops and the God of the valley. See, our enemy, he would believe us. He, would, he, will, he wants us to believe that God is not our, he's not the God of our, uh, of our valleys. You're going through something. The enemy wants to come to you. He wants to whisper you, whisper to you. He wants to tell you that God's not with you, that God has left you, that you are not in the will of God. And if you're in the will of God, it wouldn't be so difficult. If you're in the will of God, that, you, um, that it would not be so difficult. And uh, can I just remind you today that Jesus was in the will of God when he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness for 40 days? Because just, just because you're going through something, just because you're in the middle of something, doesn't mean that God's not with you. I'm telling you, He is with you. He is right there with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. He is right there. He's holding your hand. Come on, is anybody thankful that Jesus holds your hand when you're going through difficulty? When you go through difficulty, when you go through trying times, I'm telling you that God is with us. See, defeat looked inevitable, but God. And I just want to say, but God is going to do some things in some, in some of your lives in a powerful way. If you would allow Him to do some things that He wants to do and that only He can do, uh, he is going to do that in your life be, be, because you're entering into a but God season. You're entering into a but God season where you can only say but God. I would have sank but God. I would have been defeated but God. God turned it around. And some of you, you're entering into a season where God's going to turn it around. I'm telling you, you're coming into a turnaround season. Defeat might look inevitable, but God is about to turn it around. God is about to turn it around. See, valleys serve as a metaphor for low places in our lives, in the difficult times. Valleys have three things in common. What we know about valleys according to the Bible, number one is that valleys are part of life. Everybody's going to go through valleys. Valleys are part of life, okay? Deuteronomy 11, 11, 11 says this, the promised land that you're about to enter is a land full of, it's a land of hills and valleys. The Bible says this in 1 Peter 4, 12, don't be surprised. When you're tested by troubles or painful sufferings, as, as if something unusual is happening to you. Don't be surprised. Just know that it comes with the territory. When you accept Jesus, I'm telling you, the Christian life is not an easy life. It is a challenging life. It is a difficult life at times, but it's the, be it's the best life. It's the best life. Living with Jesus is the best life. Come on, amen? So don't be surprised when you're tested by troubles or painful suffering as if something unusual is happening, happening to you. Valleys are part of life. Another thing that we know about valleys are, are, is that valleys happen to everybody. Come on, look to your neighbor and say, they happen to you, they happen to me. They happen to everybody, okay? Psalms chapter 34 verse 19 is a powerful verse and this is what it says. It says, the good man does not escape all troubles or woman. The good man or woman of God does not escape all troubles. They have them too, but the Lord helps him in each and every one. Is anybody thankful for the help of God? 
Are you grateful today for the help of God? Where would you be without Jesus? Where would you be without His grace? Where would you be without the mercy of God? Think about, think about that. Think about that and be grateful for that. Amen? In this season that we're entering into, November, it's a month of gratitude, thankfulness. Be grateful. Be grateful that you, you might not be where you want to be, but it, thank God you're not where you should be. Where you could be. Right? Things might not be like absolutely 100% perfect in your life. But thank God that you're, thank God you're alive, right? And you're breathing and there's breath in your lungs and there's purpose for your life. And, and there are brighter days ahead. Come on, somebody. Amen. Do you believe that? So valleys are part of life. Valleys happen to everybody. And um, you know, this is the thing. And, and when we go through valleys, it's, it's, it's important to realize that when we go through valleys... It's very important to, to know and to, to learn, to learn from our lesson, that we turn our blessing into a lesson, that we turn our lesson into a blessing, right? It's very important that we allow Jesus to teach us what he wants to teach us. Very important that we, we're teachable through the process, because when we're teachable, we're leadable. And the Holy Spirit will be able to lead us because we've been taught by him. And it's very, very important, okay? People are not going to be able to relate to your wins as much as your losses. In life, people... People will not be able to relate to your wins, your mountaintop experiences, as much as your valleys. That's why it's very crucial and imperative and important that you not just boast about your breakthroughs, but you, you tell people about your been-throughs. Are you hearing me? You tell people your real testimony, the rated R testimony, that, he, you, that you don't churchify your testimony. You know, you know what I'm talking about. Talk about your been-throughs. I've been through this. I've been through this. I've watched God do this. I've, I've seen God do this in my, in my life. I've seen God do this. I've seen Him do this in our church. I've seen Him do this in my life personally. I know that God is good. I know that He set me free. I know that He can deliver because He delivered me. Come on, amen? Are you with me? Valleys happen to everybody. Another thing about valleys that we know about valleys are valleys are unpredictable. They're unpredictable. They are very unpredictable. They can come like that. I don't like to go through valleys. Personally, I'd rather stay on the mountaintop, but mountain, the flowers, listen, things don't grow on the mountaintop. If you're a hunter, you know that. There's very few things that grow up on top. They grow in the valley. That's where you grow. You grow when you're going through some stuff, right? Right? So valleys are unpredictable. The Bible says in uh, Proverbs 27, 1, it says this, don't ever brag about tomorrow since you don't know what the day will bring forth. Don't ever brag. Don't be boastful like, oh, I know exactly what's going to happen. No, you don't. None of us do. We are all but one breath away from eternity, man. You, may, you better make sure beyond a shadow of a doubt that, you are, that, your life is, that, that your life is right with Jesus, your heart is right with Jesus, that you are forgiven of your sins because we are all one breath away from eternity. Come on, amen? So what to expect and what kind of valleys to expect? Uh, there, there's a lot of significant valleys in the Bible. We're talking about God is the God of our valleys and what we can expect, uh, what we can expect in what kind of uh, valleys we can expect because there are significant valleys in the Bible. In Genesis chapter 14, verses 1 through 11, we're not going to read all those verses. I'm just going to point out a couple different valleys that we can, that we can, we can learn from, we can see according to Scripture, okay? In Genesis 14, 1 through 11, we have the Valley of Siddim. The Valley of Siddim. The Valley of Siddim was a, it was a, it was a valley that was full of sticky tar pits. And when they had tried to run away from this battle, from the battle that they were facing, they had slipped and they fell in the pits. And Siddim is a valley of failure. 
It is a valley of failure where you slip and where you fall and where you get stuck. I don't know if that's where you're at today. If you're experiencing one of those valleys where you have fallen, where you fit, maybe you feel like you've fallen from grace. Maybe you don't feel like as close to God as you once were. Maybe you feel like you're stuck. Maybe you feel like, man, I, I'm stuck and I, I feel like I am walking through tar. I feel like I'm stuck in like in sand, like sand, quicksand, okay? See, you're going to go through valleys in your life. You're going to go through these types of valleys in your life. You're going to have failures in life. That's the reality. You're going to, okay? You're going to have failures where you, where you try to run from responsibility. But I want to encourage you today to say, God, I do not want to run from responsibility. I want to respond to the ability that you placed on the inside of me. You may feel like I'm stuck. I'm addicted. I'm imprisoned. I can't break free from this relationship. I can't break free from this addiction. I can't break free from this habit. I'm stuck. Listen, you could be in the valley of Siddim. You could be in a place where you feel stuck. And I'm telling you today that Jesus is with you. He's with you. He's for you. And as much as you feel stuck, I'm telling you, all you have to do is call on Jesus' name. You call on Jesus and say, Jesus, help me. Siddim is a place in your life that you would like to forget. I would like to forget the times that, 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 that I have felt this way, where I felt stuck, where I felt like, uh, where I, felt like I, I fell, where I, I messed up. I, I, I just didn't, I didn't, I missed the mark. How many of you would like to forget those times? Right? So question today for you is, what is your sitem today? What is your sitem today, okay? And what are you running from? You know you need to face it, that conflict, that confrontation that you're running from. What is your dark, slimy tar pit? What is it? Some people, it might be a bar. For some people, it might be a nightclub. For some people, it might be staying away from church way too long. For some, some people, it might be a hotel when you're traveling and nobody's with you and you flip the TV on. What is your, what is your situm? What is your, what is your area? See, um, in Genesis chapter 14, we, you, we read about Sodom and Gomorrah and Sodom and Gomorrah were not exactly family uh, vacation destinations, if you don't know that. They were really not like that. They were known as sin cities. And I'll tell you this, it doesn't matter how you got stuck or how, if you feel stuck today, it doesn't matter how you got stuck. Or if you if you feel stuck, it doesn't matter. I'm telling you that if you call on Jesus, if you feel like, man, I'm in a pit today, I'm in a pit in my uh, in my mind, I'm in a pit in uh, of despair in my mind, in my heart, in my in my beliefs. And I said at the marriage retreat, man, we got to deal with our BS. That stands for belief systems. Don't don't think I'm I'm not cussing. <laughs> We got we to gotta deal with our, because what you tell yourself is very important. It's more, what you say to yourself is more important than what anybody else says to you and says about you. It is crucial that you deal with that. It is crucial that you say, that you, that you allow Jesus, because see, salvation is not, salvation is not based on, on your behavior. It's based on your belief. And if we would just believe right, we would behave right. Are you hearing me? So you've got to begin to tell yourself, you know what, I might have been stuck, but I'm going to call on the God that I know can get me out of it, and he will continually get me out of it because that's what he can do, because Jesus gets us out of our pits. He, he gets us out of our places where we feel stuck. Let me read this story to you. I love this story. It says, a man fell into a pit, a pit and he couldn't get out. Then one by one, a group of people came by and gave their opinion of the pit experience. Uh, here's what they said. The subjective person said, I feel for you in that pit. The objective person said, it's logical that someone would fall into that pit. 
the Christian scientist said, you only think that you're in a pit. The Pharisee said, only bad people fall into a pit. The mathematician said, you could have, could, have you calculated how far, how you fell into that pit? The news reporter said, how can uh, I do an exclusive story on you and your experience in the pit? The fundamentalist said, you must define your pit. The Calvinist said, if you were saved, you wouldn't have fallen into that pit. The Wesleyan said, you were saved until you fell into that pit. The word of faith person said, just confess it, brother. I'm not in a pit. The realist said, now that's what I call a pit. The IRS agent said, have you paid taxes on that pit? Right? The county inspector said, do you, know, do you have a permit for that pit? Right? Come on, right? I hate permits. I knew I'd get an amen out of somebody. The evasive person avoided the pit altogether. The self-pitying person, person said, you haven't seen anything until you've seen my pit. The optimist person said, things could be worse. The pessimist said, things will get worse. But Jesus, seeing the man in a pit, said, hey, you don't belong there, baby. You don't belong there. Reached down his hand to the man in the pit and pulled him up out of the pit because that's what Jesus does. That's what he does. That's what our Jesus does is he gets us out of pits. He gets us out of sticky places. He gets us out of dirty places. He gets us out of places that, man, oh God, if it wasn't for your grace, where would I be? Never let me forget your grace. Never let me move away from, I want to always remain in awe of you, God. Come on, amen? The Valley of Siddim. So what is your Siddim today? Here's another valley a significant valley in the Bible. Numbers chapter 13, 23 to, uh, to 33. It's the valley of Eshcol. The valley of Eshcol. In our own eyes, this is Numbers chapter 13, verse 33. In our own eyes, we felt as small as grasshoppers next to them. This is where they went into the promised land and they saw the giants in the land. They saw that there were giants in the land and in our own, in our own eyes, we, we felt as small as grasshoppers next to them. See, the valley of Eshcol is really, it's the valley of fear. It's the valley of fear. And, and in this valley, you have, to, you have to determine if you are experiencing fear or anxiety in your life where you feel paralyzed, where you feel like, man, I don't know what to do next. I don't know how to move forward, okay? In this valley, what you have to do is you have to determine that I am either going to move ahead or I'm going to back off in fear. I'm going to move ahead or I'm going to back up. I'm, I'm going to back off in fear. I either move ahead or I give up in and I just want to say to you today that, man, if you've been talking your, what, what have you been talking yourself out of that God is trying to talk you into? Don't, don't give up. You are, this is, we're too close to the finish line. We are too close to the finish line. Do not give up. Do not give up in Jesus' name. I am not giving up. I am not giving in. I am not backing down. I'm telling you, oh, I've been living for Jesus for almost 30 years. And Jesus, there have been times in my life where I felt like giving up, felt like quitting, I'm so glad that I haven't. I'm so glad that I haven't. Are you glad that you haven't? Maybe you haven't even started yet. Maybe you're here today and you're like, man, I'm, I'm just thinking about a relationship with Jesus. I'm telling you, you are in the right place at the right time. And this is the best thing that you could do. This is the best thing that you could do with your life is to give your life to Jesus Christ today. Because that's where, that's, that's where life begins. It is the valley of Eshcol. Eshcol, again, is the valley of fear. Here you, you've got to make the decision. 
Are, am, I gonna, am I gonna go in and am I gonna take what's rightfully mine, what God has given to us, or am I gonna back off in fear? Am I gonna back off in shame? Am, am I gonna back off in doubt? Am I, am I gonna allow shame to stop me, to paralyze me, and to, and to keep me from becoming all that God wants me to be? I wanna say to you that if you're, that you're battling shame today, because many Christians do, they say, I, I read a stat that, that, that said that 95 per Christians battle shame and, and doubt and condemnation. The very things that Jesus died for uh, and, and overcame so that we could live in victory and walk in victory, walk in victory, we battle this. And I want to say to you, shame off of you in Jesus' name. Shame off of you in Jesus' name. There was a season about three years ago, man, where I was walking in shame because of some, uh, some things from my past. And the enemy just, he flooded my mind with them, flooded my heart with them. And I was in a deep place. I was in a dark place. And the shame that came with that, it was, uh, it was, it was, it was, it was bad. It was really bad. It had me on the verge of almost taking my life. And I felt like because I was a pastor, I couldn't talk to anybody. And if I did talk to somebody that, you know, then, and then it would be out. And, uh, and it wasn't like it was adultery or, you know, or anything like that. No, it was just, it was, it was from like childhood abuse. When I was, you know, young, growing up, and uh, things that I suffered, things that I went through, trauma that I went through, and uh, being raised without a dad, and 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 having a single mom, and and I don't, I still don't, I still don't know who my dad is. I know who my daddy is, but I don't know who my dad is. But that's all right. I'm good in the hood, right? I'm good. I'm good with that because I have I have men like Pastor Jeff in my life, and I have different men of God in my life, and women of God in my life that speak truth and love and that really are in my corner. And so I'm so grateful that I never gave up. I'm so grateful that I didn't, that I didn't allow, that I didn't allow, that I didn't listen, continue listening to the enemy. I had to do what I tell others to do. I had to preach to myself. I had to begin to talk to myself. And I say it all the time that if you're not talking to yourself, if you're discouraged, if you are, if you're, uh, you're just full of fear and anxiety and you are riddled with, um, with just paralyzation where you feel like, man, I don't know what to do. I'm telling you, if you're in a season like that, you have got to talk to yourself. If you're not talking to yourself, you're crazy. That always kind of, you got to talk to yourself. I had to begin to talk to myself. I had to begin to say, God, I have dug a hole so deep. And this is what I've learned over the years is that the first rule of holes is, is when you're in one, stop digging. Like I had dug this thing deep, baby. Where I was like in a dark place, in a dark, dark place mentally. And one time I came to Women on Fire about two years ago. Yeah, I'm a man. I came to Women on Fire. I, dr I drive the church bus to Women on Fire just because, man, God wrecked my life at Women on Fire. And I come to Men on Fire, but Women on Fire is like, whew, it's another level, baby. It's like really, really good. So I sign up for like security at Women on Fire. I help, you know. They don't need security. Them women, they'll cast out a devil. They'll cut an ear off with a sword and everything. They're... Like, they're crazy. They're crazy, man. They'll cut you. They'll set you on fire. But uh, anyway, it was that women on fire that God just really did a deep, deep work and deep healing and, and really just washed over me. His word, his love, his grace, his mercy. And that's what the word of God does. John 15, man. Jesus told his disciples, you're cleansed by the words that I've spoken to you. The word cleanses us. It washes us up. It cleans us up. Come on, Amen. So the valley of Eshcol, you're in this valley and you've got you've to move forward. Say move forward. 
Come on. So in this valley of fear, I either move ahead or I give up. The fact is, is that these guys, the children of Israel, they had parked there at Sinai for over a year. And God didn't tell them to stay in the desert for, four, for, for, for 40 years. It was an 11-day journey, someone said. And they parked there for 40 years. They were going around the mountain and around the mountain. I want to pass the test. Come on, somebody. And so they had been moseying around and kept failing the test that God had given them, given them. But here's my question to you is what is your valley of Eshcol? What is the place that you are afraid to move forward in? Is it getting married? Is it stopping drinking? Is it, is it what, has, what has paralyzed you in fear? And if it's stopping drinking, can I just tell you that God set me free from alcohol? I was an alcoholic from the age of 11 until, thank God, our kids are out. But from 11 until 19 years of age, at the age of 19 years of age, I was, uh, I, I was empty on, on the inside. I was a, a, man, I was a young man full of, full of uh, a lot of bitterness and hate and uh, a lot of anger because of things that I went through in my life. And my mom, at the age of 19, was murdered in front of my little brother and sister, and I was very bitter. But I was very bitter in my life, and I was bounced from relative to relative uh, throughout my entire life, and uh, uh, except from 6th grade to 12th grade, my aunt and uncle took me and began to raise me, but I had become an, alcohol, uh, an alcoholic, and at the age of 19 years of age, I didn't know, but uh, my wife and her parents, they were praying for me. They were pastors, and they were praying for me. God, save him. If he's the one for her, save him. If he's not, kill him. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> They really were not praying for God to kill me. But anyway, I can't, they were praying that. And I came home from a party one night and I, I was in this party. I was in, an, in, in, the, in, in the living room with all my friends. They were ever, everybody was drinking, partying and stuff. And on the inside, I just felt empty. I felt like, man, this is so stupid. This is, this is what we do every weekend. And on the inside, I didn't know that it was God dealing with my heart, but I left that party. I came home and I was in my living room and, uh, and, and my bedroom was kind of like a living room. I was in, in the bedroom, and, and uh, so I was there, and, and I got on my knees, and I said, God, please take this alcohol from me. And I was one of them Christians that would get drunk and watch Benny Hinn Miracle Crusades. <laughs> for real, for real, Joel, for real, bro. I was one of those guys, and I was drunk, and the room was spinning, and I got on my knees, and I said, God, please take this alcohol from me. I didn't know the Christian lingo. I, I didn't know God deliver me. I just said, God, take it from me. Help me. Five minutes later, Benny Hinn, he says, right now there's a young man sitting in his living room. You're being touched by the power of God. You're being delivered from alcohol. You'll never touch it again. When he said that, literally, I felt like electricity go from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. Literally, I was instantly, the room stopped spinning. Instantly, I was sober. And I knew that I knew that I knew that I had an encounter with God. That was 28, 29 years ago. 29 years ago. That's Jesus. That's Jesus. And, and so if you're battling, if you're battling, you know, thinking about giving al up alcohol, pray about it. I'm telling you, God wants this. No, there's nothing good that comes from it. It'll mess your life up. It, it, it had been messing my life up. If you're praying, if you're, if you're there, just know that God, what he wants that for you. You need it for yourself. You need it for your spouse. You, you need it for your kids. Your kids need it. And I want to encourage you to, to kick the devil out in Jesus name. Come on. Amen. The next valley is uh, very important, very important that we understand this. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verses 1 through 58. Don't worry, we're not reading 58 verses. It's the valley of Elah. And this is the valley where the Philistines, they had occupied the hill on one side and the Israelites on the other side. It was the valley of Elah was between them. And Elah is the valley of conflict. It's where you're facing a giant conflict. 
like a Goliath. You're facing a, a giant conflict. A giant is in your face. They're shouting you down. And somebody's in your face. You have opposition. You have an opponent. You have conflict. You've got a challenge. Elah is the valley of conflict. What is your Elah right now? Because whatever that is, when you can verbalize it, when you can say, this is my valley, this is, the, this is that conflict that I'm feeling, this is that Elah, and Elah is going to be taken to Jesus, Elah is going to be taken to Yahweh, it's going to come on, Elah is going to be taken right to the face of my God, because my God's going to help me through this. He's going to help me through this, amen? This is what I know, is that the good news is that God always speaks in past tense about, ba- about battles that you are currently fighting. Battles that you are currently fighting, our God is so good. He knows the end from the beginning. He always speaks in past tense about battles, current battles, present tense battles that you are currently facing, that you are currently going through right now. So can I just tell you that if you, whatever you're going through is subject to change if you just bring God into it. If you just involve God in, into it, if you just say, God, I need you. Holy Spirit, I need you. Jesus, I need you. Would you come? Would you do what I can't do? I invite you right into the middle of this mess, this ugliness, the good, the bad, and the ugly. I invite you, Lord Jesus, right into the middle of it. And I'm telling you, he'll come. He's not afraid of messy places. He's not afraid of sticky places. He's, he's not afraid of, of the tar. He's not afraid of any valley. He's not afraid of it all because he's the God of the hilltops and he's the God of the valley. Amen? So some of you today, that describes your marriage. You're standing your ground over here and your spouse is standing their ground over there and you're right there in the middle and, and there's like a deadlock going on and you're in the valley of Elah and you have to say, you know what? I've got to deal with this. I'm not going to run from responsibility, but I'm going to deal with it. I'm going to face it head on. I'm going to face it head on. Amen? The next valley, one of the last ones we'll talk about today, is the valley of Baca. And it's in uh, Psalms chapter 84, verse 5 through 7. This is a powerful valley. It's a powerful scripture right here that we'll read. It says, blessed are those whose strength comes from the Lord. As they pass through the valley of Baca, which is the valley of weeping, they make it a place of springs. You might be in a difficult place right now. You might be in a valley of Baca, a place where you've just been weeping, in a season of weeping, in a season of grieving, in a season where you just don't know which way to turn. I'm telling you that if you would turn to Jesus, Jesus is going to turn that place into a place of springs. The valley of Baca is the valley of of grief and barrenness. And I want to say to you today that if you would allow him, Jesus wants to take he wants to take your disappointment. He wants, to, he wants to create an appointment with your disappointment. Come on, amen? That's what he wants. And in this valley, when you just show up, water begins to show up. If water begins to show up in the valley of Baca, and as they pass through this dry, arid valley of Baca, weeping, they make it a place of springs where autumn rains begin to cover the pools. And they go from strength to strength, growing until each one be, appears before God in Zion. Come on, amen. Amen. And I want you to notice here that first, when you go into the valley of Baca, it's dry. It's dry. I don't feel anything. You might be in the season right now where you're not feeling anything. You're just going through the motions. I don't feel anything, okay? I don't feel close to God. I don't feel close to my pastors. I don't feel close to church. I don't feel close to my husband, my wife. I don't feel close. I don't feel close to anyone. I don't feel close to anybody. I'm dried up. I've got no emotion. I'm just putting in time. I'm just going through the motions, putting one foot in front of the other. This is the valley we're talking about. There's no joy in my life. 
There's no strength. And because the joy of the Lord is my strength, there's no joy, there's no strength. And we've got to get our joy back. We've got to get our joy back. We've got to determine, you know, I'm, a, I'm going to be a joyful person. I'm going to be, listen, your peace and your joy are under your, your, your jurisdiction. You are your own sheriff. You call the shots. The devil can't steal it, but you can give it away. You can give it away. You can continue to give it away if you want to. I'm trying to be your cheerleader and trying to cheer you up and be like, hey, get rid of that. Kick the devil's butt. Get him out, baby. Get him out in Jesus' name. Amen? Get him out. And so the kind of people that God wants us to be is that when we enter into these places that God begins to, that, that we through the Holy Spirit begin to make it a place of spring, of springs. And when we come, when we just show up, water will begin to show up. Water will begin to flow. Listen, whenever a brook dries up, it's an indicator that a move is coming. A move of God is coming. I'm telling you, if you're in a dry place, I'm telling you, a move of God is coming. You have to get, you have to get your hope level up. I love the, the pre-service huddle. We were talking about hope. And I'm telling you, you have to get your hope level up. You have to get your expectations up. Listen, expectation is the breeding ground for the supernatural. You have to get your expectation level up and, see, and say, God, you are a good God. And you are going to bring me through this, okay? You're going to bring me through this, amen? Talked a lot about valleys today. And wrapping this up today, I want to talk to you about what to remember in a valley. Remember, number one, remember I'm not alone. Say that, I'm not alone. I'm not alone. Going back to Psalms 23, 4, even though, even though I walked through, even when I walked through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. You should circle those two words in your Bible or wherever you're taking notes. Through and you. Through and you. Circle those. Those are very, very powerful. The word through signifies that the valley is just a passageway. It's just a passageway. It's not a permanent address. It's, it's not a permanent mailing address. I'm going through it. I'm going through it. But I'm, 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 I'm going to make it to the other side. I'm going to make it to the other side. Amen? Many times in our lives, God may seem most absent when he's most involved. In my life, there have been many, many times where I felt like God was most absent. Like, God, where are you? Why would you allow this to happen in, in my life with my mom, me at the age of 19, and then being forced to raise my little brother and my little sister who witnessed this guy do this to my mom? Where are you, God? Where are you? And this was happening in my life where I felt like God had left me. Later on, I realized, man, that any time that God brings me to the Red Seas of my life, those places that, man, I just seem like, man, I can't, I, can't, I can't go no further. It's only to show me that he's greater than Pharaoh's army. It's only to show me that I got you. I got you. The enemy doesn't have you. you the enemy can't do nothing about it. He can't do nothing about what I'm doing in your life. I have you. You're, I, I've got you. Is anybody grateful that he has us? Come on. So determine today... Determine today that you are not, determine that today your legacy will not be cut off because you stopped at almost. Because you stopped at almost, determine today that in the name of Jesus, my legacy will not be cut off. Pastor Jeff, one of my dreams, and I know it's your dream, and I know it's your dream, and if you're a, you're a preacher and you're a man of God, where so many people are falling by the left and, and the right and, and falling into all kinds of crazy stuff, my dream as a pastor is I want to finish strong. At the end of it, when it's all said and done, I want to be faithful to my wife and I want to finish strong. I want to finish. I want to pastor my church and pastor the church. It's not my church. It's his church. But I want to pastor the church that he's given me to pastor and I want to steward it well and I want to do a, well, a, a good job and I want to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Anybody else want to hear that? 
Come on, anybody else want to hear that? Number two, remember this when you're going through a valley. Number one, that you're not alone. Number two, remember that God has a good purpose for my valley. He has a good purpose for my valley. We know in Romans, Romans 8.28 that God works all things together for our good. If it's not good yet, God's not done yet. Are you hearing me today? If it's not good yet, God's not done yet. And he has a good purpose. He works. That's the amazing thing about being a Christ, a Christ follower and a Christian. Is that he works all things together for our good. He loves me. And everything, the good, the bad, the ugly. Come on, do you have any stuff that, man, you, you regret? We all do. Everybody has regrets. But we're, we're not living off of that, right? God, thank you that you take them. Thank you that you take them. Could you all stand with me today? We're wrapping this thing up today. And I want to pray here in a moment. We're going to pray for you as our worship team comes. Remember that God has a good purpose for my valley. He has a good purpose. If it's not good yet, let's say that together out loud. Come on, let's say this loud and proud. Say, if it's not good yet, God's not done yet. He's still working on me. Say, he's still working on us. Come on, he's still working on us. He's still working on us. So Hosea chapter 2 verse 15 says this. This is for somebody today. I will transform the valley of trouble into a gateway of hope. That's a powerful scripture. You might be in some trouble. You might be feeling some trouble. You might be feeling some heat today. But I'm just telling you that we serve a God who is a consuming fire. We serve a God that is full of heat. We serve a God that, man, I'm telling you, he is with us. And he's going to transform the valley of trouble into a gateway of hope. Some of you need that verse. The valley of trouble is a valley also. It's the valley of Achor. And it's covered twice in Joshua and in Hosea. And you're going through the valley of trouble. And the valley of trouble, God says, I'm going to transform the valley of trouble into a gateway of hope. A doorway of hope, one translation says. And another translation says, I'm going to turn trouble valley into hopeful valley. Come on, somebody. I'm going to turn trouble valley into hopeful valley. I think our churches, I think we should put that banner over our entrances. That people, that, that, that people are, you know, because I'm telling you, your church is getting, your church has been exploding but it's going to continue to explode in, in a good way because of what we're, what we're, where we're at in time. People are going to begin to flood this place. Like literally, I see, I see the, the, the foyer, the coffee bar. It's going to be like, it's going to be like a maze to get your coffee. It's going to be like a maze. Come on like amazed to be able to go out and get your coffee. And for some of you, that's going to irritate you. I, yeah, I love my coffee. You love your coffee more than Jesus. I'm just, I'm just joking. My church, yeah, I got some thugs, man. Like, for real, we got some. We got a ministry called Hug-A-Thug. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> Come on. I'm telling you, I'm going to turn Trouble Valley into Hopeful Valley. Last thing to remember about valleys is to remember the reward will last forever. The reward will last forever. Listen to this. This is 2 Corinthians 4.17. For our present troubles are quite small. Anybody have any troubles right now? Just lift up your hand. Anybody going in through anything right now? Man, you're just going through some stuff right now? Listen, I want, you to, I want you to think about this in comparison to this verse. Our present troubles are quite small and they won't last very long. Hallelujah. 
yet they're producing in us an eternal glory that will last forever and is greater than anything that we can ever imagine. So the weight of glory is greater than the weight of affliction. Can I tell you this? That, that you and I, when we get to those pearly gates, when we get to heaven, and when you enter in and when you hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant, can I tell you that you will not be in heaven one minute and you'll be thinking, man, what was I tripping on? What was I tripping on? on why, why was I sweating the small stuff? Why was I tripping on that valley I was in? Why was I, why was I even contemplating giving up? You will not be in heaven one minute before you realize, man, it was all worth it, baby. Oh, Jesus, thank you that you were with me. Thank you that I, I didn't give up. See, and until heaven, until heaven, we're going to face valleys. Believers will have accidents, disappointments, financial problems, family issues, mental illness, physical illness. We all go through valleys. But here's the difference between a believer and an unbeliever. For the Christian, a follower of Christ going through the valleys is different than a non-believer, not because of the absence of the shadow, but because of the presence of the Savior. Anybody grateful that we have the presence of the Savior with us? He's the presence of the Savior. That I'll be with you. I'll be with you. That I'm with you right now. That I got your sick. That I got your back. And that you're going to be all right. You're going to be all right in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's worship Him for a moment. So shake up the ground of all my tradition. Break down the world of all my religion. Your way is got your plan you got your, your your agenda you know what's happening you know what you're going to do over the next you got your 10-year plan can i tell you that all of that could change in a moment and where would you spend eternity where would you spend eternity do you know jesus as your savior that's the crucial decision 
In this day and age in which we're, we're living, you have to know Jesus as your personal Savior. You have to know Him as your personal Savior. And today, if you've never received Him into your life, into your life, if you've never said, Jesus, come into my life, forgive me of my sins, I'm a sinner, I need a Savior, and I want you to be my Savior. In fact, you're the only Savior. If that is you today, I want to make sure that you are right. I want to make sure that you are right with God. I want to make sure that heaven is your home and, and Jesus Christ is your Savior. If that is you today, I'm not going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. We don't do that at my church. Come on. We're bold. We come into it. How you come in is how you're going to go out. Like, hey, I want Jesus. I need him in my life. If that is you, I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask. Let me just say this. That even as these pillars are in this facility, this sanctuary, I felt like in this place that there were many men in this place that God was going to turn into pillars that are not yet pillars. Your family becoming, becoming pillars in this church. And if you're not yet a pillar, find out how to be a pillar. Find out how to be a weight carrier, okay? But listen, some of you, you're, you're going to be pillars and you're, yet, you're, you're not even yet in the family of God. But right now, you're going to belong to the family of God. You're going to have that opportunity to belong. If you're here today and you're saying, you know what, I need to be included in this prayer. I want, I want to pray this. I want to pray from my heart to acknowledge Jesus and believe that he is the son of God. If that is you, I'm going to ask you on three. Lift up your hand. One, two, three. Come on, bold and proud. Bold and proud. Thank you. I see your hand. Thank you, sir. I see your hand. Come on, somebody. God, that's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. What I want to do, church family, is I want to, I want us all together. We're going to pray. We're, we're going to celebrate with these that are saying, I'm giving my life to Jesus. Maybe you're watching online today. You want to, you want to receive Jesus. And all that takes, according to Romans 10, 9, and 8, is that I confess with my mouth, I believe in my heart, and we turn from our ways, our wicked ways. We turn and we say, Jesus, I'm going to serve you for the rest of my life. So can we all pray together right now? From our heart to his heart, your own words, your own, your own thoughts, your own words. Jesus, just say, Jesus, I believe in you, that you are the son of God. You died for my sin to be my savior. Would you forgive me? Of all of my sins, come into my life. Change me into a brand new person where old things leave and I receive a brand new life. Thank you, Lord. Help me to live the rest of my life for your glory to make your name famous. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's give. Let's give these two a hand clap. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Hey, we need to celebrate. We always need to celebrate. We need to rejoice. But because the Bible says that over one sinner that repents, all of heaven stops and rejoices. All of heaven is on the balcony of heaven looking over on planet Earth saying, oh man, one more for the kingdom. Come on.